You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the middle of August, and you know what that means. Fantasy football season is right around the corner. Do you have fantasy football questions you need answered before your draft? Don't miss Locked On Fantasy Live on Wednesday, August 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern, streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live, or you can submit them ahead of time to at Locked On Network on Twitter. Today is Tuesday, August 17th, and we are now just 84 days away from the start of college basketball season. Gonzaga tips off the season just 12 weeks from today. And the number 84 today is the number of wins in Joel Ayayi's career. Joel Ayayi suited up and played in 88 games during his time at Gonzaga, and the Zags went 84-4 and when he took the court. In one of those losses, he played just one minute at the very end in garbage time uh, against North Carolina in a loss at Chapel Hill. So really, it was 84-3 and for the most part. But he started in 54 games the last two years, and Gonzaga's record in those 54 games was 52-2. and Just a remarkable career for Joel Iyayi, one of the most improved players in the history of the program, and he finished his career with 84 wins. Come back tomorrow to find out what the number 83 means in our countdown to the start of college basketball. Okay, we are back after a long weekend. Apologies for me not getting an episode out yesterday like I said I would on Friday. I was traveling back from San Francisco yesterday morning and for a variety of reasons. It became much easier to just go ahead and shift the entire week rather than squeeze in an episode on Monday afternoon. So this week we are still doing five episodes, which means we are putting out Tuesday through Saturday episodes this week. That's right, a special Saturday version of Locked on Zags coming to you this weekend. All right, today on the show, we are looking back on the 2010 Gonzaga Bulldogs. We are now into decade number two of the Mark Few era. And this was a team that featured, for my money, one of the best senior years of any player in program history. Of course, we're also going to continue our Path to Playing Time series by talking about Dominic Harris who looks to have a breakout sophomore season, but of course he is locked in a battle at the guard spot for minutes. So where exactly does he fit in this season? We will explain later in the show. But of course, like we always do, we're going to start with the news and notes, and let's start with Summer League because half of the Gonzaga players wrapped up their Summer League over the weekend, and some of them on Monday, and then the rest of them are going to wrap up Summer League today. Jalen Suggs and Killian Tilly have already ended their Summer Leagues. Jalen Suggs had a thumb sprain. The Orlando Magic announced that he would sit out the rest of Summer League, which is totally understandable. And then Killian Tilly has a minor hip injury. Uh, He took a spill, I believe, at the end of the second uh, game in Las Vegas. And for precautionary reasons, it doesn't look like he is going to play for the rest of Summer League. So Jalen Suggs and Killian Tilly already done. And then the two guys that wrapped up their actual games on Monday were Ryan Woolridge and Corey Kispert. Ryan Woolridge actually got some decent run in the four or four out of the five games in summer league. He played four games, averaged 13 and a half minutes, averaged 3.3 points, 2.3 rebounds, and one and a half assists. So a nice little uh, run for Ryan Woolridge. He also shot 60% from the field, so pretty efficient. 
And then there's Corey Kispert, who I would say is very much up and down throughout Summer League, and there's no better example than his last two games. Uh, One came over the weekend where he put up a Summer League high of 18 points and hit four threes, and then he backed that up on Monday night, going 0 for 4 from beyond the arc, 1 for 7 from the field, had just three points, and turned the ball over four times. Overall, in the Summer League, he averaged 9.5 points in four games and shot just 29% from beyond the arc. So uh, kind of an up-and-down summer league for Corey Kispert, and we'll see how he does surrounded by much better talent at the NBA level at the start of the next season. Zach Norvell and the Spurs also finished up today. Uh, Zach Norvell did not play a single minute in the five Spurs games in Las Vegas. He got a little bit of a run in one of the games in the Salt Lake Summer League, but nothing in Las Vegas. So if we fast-forward to today, final three players are going to finish up um, in Las Vegas Summer League. One is Phil Petrushev coming up at 1230 today. And then the final two are Joel Yai going on at uh, 4 o'clock against the Warriors. And then in the championship of the Summer League tonight, championship game is going to be Jonathan Williams and the Sacramento Kings taking on the Boston Celtics. So tomorrow on the show, we'll recap uh, those final three games and kind of give an overview of how all three of those guys played throughout the Summer League. We turn our attention now to the FIBA U19 Women's World Cup. When we left you on Friday... Uh, Canada and Yvonne Ejim had just upset France in the round of 16. So they moved on to the quarterfinals. Unfortunately, they lost to a very well-balanced Australia team in those quarterfinals. Australia would go on to lose to the United States in the championship. But another good game for Yvonne Ejim, another double-double, 10 points, 11 rebounds in that game. Canada loses by 11. But they bounce back, and they beat Russia, and they beat the Czech Republic to finish in fifth place in the FIBA U19 World Cup, and a really, really solid tournament for Yvonne Ejim overall. She averaged 13.4 points, 9.4 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks. She had three double-doubles in the tournament. She finished 10th in the tournament in points per game. She finished 5th in field goal percentage. She shot 50% inside the arc. She also shot 88%. Uh, from the free throw line, which is awesome because that's somewhere where she struggled last season. Uh, She was also fourth in the tournament in rebounds and fourth in the tournament in blocks. So a really fantastic showing from Yvonne Ejim, kind of showcasing what she will provide to Gonzaga as she looks to break out and have a huge sophomore year under Lisa Fortier. And then back on the men's side, some scheduling news. Uh, This is a couple days old now, but for those who missed it, Gonzaga is going to take on Merrimack at home in their non-conference schedule. One of their, um, you know, guarantee games. This is the third Division One year for Merrimack. In their first two D1 years, they went 20 and 11 back in 2020, and went 14 and four in the Northeast Conference. And then last season, they went nine and nine. Um, all their games happened to be in conference. Both of those two seasons, they actually had a pretty good uh, defensive team. They finished in the top 100 uh, in 2020, and they finished in the top 175 in 2021. But offensively, they have struggled mightily, where they have been in the you know 325 plus both of those seasons. So um, should be obviously a win for Gonzaga, but uh, possibly a team that could kind of muck it up a little bit defensively. That game will take place December 9th in Spokane. Okay, that's it for the news and notes. Coming up, we reminisce on the 2010 Gonzaga Bulldogs and a senior year, Matt Bolden, who had one of the best single seasons over the last 15 years. Before we get there, today's episode being sponsored by Sweatblock. I got back from San Francisco and I had my order of Sweatblock waiting for me at my door and I get to use it this week and I'm very, very excited for it. 
There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. I know this isn't life and death, and there's obviously much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it does feel like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech or an interview or, God forbid, a first date. I would much rather not worry about it, and now you don't have to. Introducing Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than clinical antiperspirants. They are doctor-recommended and doctor-created right here in the United States. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed, then you sleep, then the next morning you wake up, you wash, you go about your day, not worrying about sweat at all. Guaranteed. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKED ON or at Amazon and CVS. All right, the 2010 Gonzaga Bulldogs. They entered the season losing five of their eight rotation players from the year before, which is obviously a huge blow. Josh Heitfeld, gone. Austin Day, off to the NBA. Jeremy Pargo, graduated. Micah Downs, graduated. Ira Brown, graduated. That is a lot of talent off the roster. But they do bring back a senior year Matt Bolden, a junior year Stephen Gray, and then they're also bringing Rob Sacre off of a redshirt season. You remember, he gets hurt at the very beginning of that 2009 season, so he redshirts all of 2009, and now you get a sophomore, Rob Sacre, who ends up becoming a double-figure scorer as a sophomore here in this 2010 season. They also bring in a pretty good and a very large freshman recruiting class, and of course, it's highlighted by a freshman, Elias Harris, who has an absolutely fantastic season in 2010, but also Kelly Olynyk. Of course, he doesn't contribute a ton as a freshman, but we obviously all know the story of Kelly Olynyk later on. So let's get to the season itself. Gonzaga comes into the season completely unranked because of all that talent that they lose. Their second game of the season is at Michigan State. Michigan State at the time ranked number two overall. Of course, this would be the home and home that Gonzaga and Michigan State had with each other, and Gonzaga fought the entire game. They're actually up at halftime before Michigan State scored 45 points in the second half to beat Gonzaga at the end, 75-71. to Four Zags were in double figures in that game, uh, but Michigan State, led by Darrell Summers, Kalen Lucas, and Raymar Morgan off the bench, who was 10 for 11 from the free throw line. Draymond Green in that game, who was actually a sophomore at the time, uh, had six points and 10 rebounds. Of course, two years later, which we'll talk about, he ended up coming to Spokane and absolutely destroying Gonzaga. So Gonzaga starts the season 1-1, one and one, and then they go to Maui, and as they always do in Maui, they play really well, and they win the Maui Invitational. In the championship game, they beat Cincinnati in overtime, 61-59. to They then come home, and they beat Washington State. Uh, unfortunately, they lose to Wake Forest, but they rebound with a uh, battle in Seattle win over Davidson. So after all that, they're 8-2, and two, and they jump into the top 15 in the polls, all the way up to number 15, from unranked to number 15 in one month. And then they go to Madison Square Garden, and they play Duke, and they get blasted. One of the the worst offensive showings for a Gonzaga team in non-conference play. 76-41, Duke beats Gonzaga. They hold Gonzaga to 28% shooting. They're 1-for-10 from beyond the arc. They turn the ball over 18 times. Not a single player on Gonzaga's roster scored in double figures. 
future Duke coach John Shire uh, scores 20 points in that game. Of course, Duke goes on to win the national championship that year. But then they bounce back a couple weeks later. They go to Chicago and they beat Illinois at the United Center 85-83 to in overtime. Four Zags score at least 18 points. Stephen Gray leads the way with 20. Robert Sacre had 19. Elias Harris had 19. Matt Bolden had 18. A really, really well-rounded game for the Zags and a big signature non-conference win uh, for Gonzaga. They go on to win their first six WCC games. And then this starts the string of losses at War Memorial on the hilltop. They lose at San Francisco 81-77 to in overtime. Their only other loss in WCC play comes at Loyola Marymount about a month later, 74-66. So Gonzaga goes uh, 12-2 in the WCC. They finish first in the regular season. They're 25-5 leading into the WCC tournament. They beat LMU in the semifinals of that tournament. And then they lose. And they don't just lose. They get blasted in the second half by St. Mary's in the WCC Championship. It was a one-point game at halftime. St. Mary's comes out and outscores Gonzaga 51-33 to in the second half of that game. It was Mickey McConnell leading the way, but also Ben Allen, who hits four threes in that game, grabs nine rebounds, scores 20 points. But Mickey McConnell was the star, 26 points, six assists, and four steals. They hold Matt Bolden to just two for eight shooting. Elias Harris, three for 13. Gonzaga cannot get it going and cannot get stops in the second half. So St. Mary's wins the WCC championship. And this St. Mary's team actually goes all the way to the Sweet 16. And as I mentioned last week, this is one of two seasons in the Mark Few era where a different WCC school advances further than Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament. 2008 was the other one when San Diego um, beat, uh, who was a UConn in the first round and ended up going to the second round while Gonzaga lost to Davidson in the first round. And then 2010, St. Mary's goes to the Sweet 16. Gonzaga gets an eight seed, beats Florida State in the first round, a good win, but then they get beat up by Syracuse, who was the number one seed, 87-65 to in round two. And the game really was never close. Wes Johnson scored 31 points uh, for Syracuse. And when you're playing Syracuse, you're going to need to hit some threes. Gonzaga could not do that. Three for 21 from beyond the arc. And their season ends at 27-7 and and a second-round loss in the NCAA tournament. But they make the NCAA tournament, and they win a first-round game for the second consecutive year. And, of course, they have made the NCAA tournament and won at least one game every year since then. It started in 2009. They have not lost in the first round since losing to Steph Curry and Davidson back in 2008. Okay, now I want to talk about the roster because obviously it features freshman year Elias Harris, who was awesome, 15.7 rebounds and arguably could have left uh, after his freshman season to go to the NBA. If you missed our What If series that we did last month, we talked about what if Elias Harris did leave after his freshman season, what the domino effect of that would have been. So you can go back uh, about a month or so in the podcast timeline if you missed that episode. Some really interesting stuff there. Uh, junior year, Stephen Gray, 13.6 points, four rebounds. Uh, Robert Sacre coming off of his redshirt year, 10.5 points, 5.5 rebounds. Uh, but then there was a huge drop-off. Uh, Dimitri Goodson scored six points. Bull Kong, Kelly Olenek, Manny Arop, Will Foster, Grant Gibbs. I mean, all of these guys were, you know, not great scores. They were very, very young players. 
Um, and so really it was Matt Bolden, it was Elias Harris, and it was Stephen Gray. Like those three guys on the perimeter were basically their entire offense. And it really all ran through Matt Bolden, who I think had one of the best senior seasons uh, really of anybody in Gonzaga history. In his senior year, he averaged 15.6 points, 4.7 rebounds, and four assists. He won the WCC Player of the Year in 2010. Only two players in the Mark Few era have averaged at least 15 points, four rebounds, and four assists in a season. Those two players are Matt Bolden and Nigel Williams-Goss. That's it. The only players to average 15, 4, and 4 in a season. And he was pretty efficient. 51% from inside the arc, 37% from outside the arc, and 86% from the free throw line. If you go back and watch a lot of these games from the 2010 season, you can understand how unbelievable he was. Uh, Not just scoring the ball, but his vision was really, really good. He was an incredibly high IQ player who understood where his teammates were going to be and is really good at anticipating uh, where they would be and getting them the ball in the right spots. So uh, I think if you're making an argument for who was the best single season player between, I'd say, Adam Morrison and probably either DeMonta Sabonis or Nigel Williams-Goss or even Kyle Wilcher in that 16 season, basically from 06 to 2016, I would say the best single season of any player could very easily be Matt Bolden's senior season. Obviously, you can throw a few other players in there. Kevin Pangos had a couple of great seasons. Stephen Gray was good in 2011. Derek Rivio uh, in 07. But I think Matt Bolden in 2010 had the best single season of any Gonzaga player between 2006 and 2016. Okay, that is going to do it for today's look back. Coming up, finish the show. We are talking about Dominic Harris, who is probably the most talked about guard on the roster during this offseason, just because there seems like there's such a wide array of possibilities that he has coming into this season. So we're going to break it all down to finish today's episode. But first, a minute to talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. If you're not sure which flavor you want, feel free to get a mixed box of multiple flavors. Whatever you choose, it is going to be soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do Built Bars taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy, and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Today's episode also sponsored by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, football season's in the preseason, college football right around the corner. It is the perfect time to get in on the fun. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NFL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKED ON. Okay, I 
don't think anyone on this year's roster for the Gonzaga men's basketball team has a wider range of playing time possibilities than Dominic Harris. Andrew Nemhard, obviously he's going to be starting point guard. I think Rashir Bolton is going to play a bunch. I even think Nolan Hickman plays decent minutes just because Mark Few loves having two true point guards. And then Julian Strother, he's going to get a lot of minutes on the wing just because of his size and slashing ability. So kind of that just leaves Dom Harris and Hunter Salas essentially fighting it out for that eighth spot in the rotation. And for Harris, the possibility is certainly there for him to start at the two or the three. But there's also a chance that he's the ninth man in rotation and gets very few minutes. And kind of with how little we know about offseason workouts, right now it's hard to know which one he's closer to being. My guess is that his year of experience puts him closer to that starter spot than it does the ninth man in the rotation. And for me, his path to playing time is to become a lethal perimeter shooter. Gonzaga desperately, desperately needs somebody to step up and shoot the ball now that Corey Kispert and Joel Yai and Jalen Suggs are all off the roster. Those are the only three players on Gonzaga's roster last season to average more than one three-pointer made per game. If any player proves to be a consistent knockdown threat this coming year, they are going to get minutes no matter what. And that might be Dominic Harris. He was a really good shooter in high school. He showed plenty of confidence last season when he was in the game. And he had a nice stretch at the end of the year where he shot the ball pretty well. If you remember, early on last year, the coaching staff used a full 10-man rotation with both Dom Harris and Julian Strother for uh, both of those Kansas and Iowa games. Both of those two guys were getting minutes in the first half of those two games. I think the problem with analyzing Dom Harris is that he rarely played more than a couple of minutes at a time, and I think it's hard to evaluate shooters when you only get one or two shots while you're in the game. Harris seems more like a rhythm player, the type of guy who needs to play for long stretches to feel his impact. And he did that twice in the non-conference season last year. Uh, In the first game against Northwestern State, uh, he scored 10 points while playing 19 minutes. And then two weeks later, he had 12 points in 17 minutes against Northern Arizona. And he shot the ball pretty well. He got to the free throw line nine times in that Northern Arizona game. He kind of seems like he's very much in that Joel Ayayi mold where you can look up after eight or nine minutes and see that he's got seven points, a couple of rebounds, and a steal. And that's why I think he may be closer to a starting role, at least at the beginning of the season, because the staff is going to give him the chance to get rolling early with consistent minutes just to see what he can do. And to me, I think Hunter Salas is probably better equipped right now to be that energizer bunny off the bench to play in two or three minute bursts as opposed to Dominic Harris. And as long as Harris is shooting the ball well, and defending on the other end at a pretty decent level, he is going to earn the coaching staff's trust and continue his path to more and more playing time. All right, that is going to do it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow morning to recap the final day of Summer League. We'll also look back on the 2011 Gonzaga Bulldogs who needed to win the WCC tournament to keep that NCAA streak alive. And of course, we will continue our path to playing time series back on the women's side with some words on Anna Maria Verjogi, who is now entering her fourth year in the program. 
Before we go today, if you are a baseball fan, betting on the MLB does not have to be a guessing game anymore. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your Gonzaga story, any questions or ideas you have for me, feel free to do so. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.